Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I welcome the NXT champion to the show, a new NWA champion, and Mark takes us behind the scenes at the Performance Center. He was involved in the first ever Evolve show, and now 10 years later, he defends his NXT championship on their 10th anniversary show. Adam Cole, baby, joins us today. He defeated Colt Cabana for the NWA National Championship, and he has his sights set on Eli Drake. Friend of the show, Cowboy James Storm, joins us. Plus, Mark Henry takes us down to the WWE Performance Center and gives us some insight on his work with the new crop of talent in Orlando. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Mark is at the ESPN Club on the Disney Boardwalk and once again out there in Orlando. And uh, so, you know, I know you're there for a reason, Mark, but how did you celebrate your Thursday out in Orlando? You know what, man? Um, The celebration was I'm going to go and teach a class. You're a teacher. So I went down to the Performance Center. And I got the big guys together and talked to big guys. Like, you know, it was pretty entertaining. I mean, I'm not at liberty to talk about the people that were there, but um, I can say that, you know, the future of the big guy in pro wrestling is going to be strong. You know, Mark, you just said something that's really interesting. And he talked about the future of the big man. And it sounds crazy, but over the last few years you know being a big man in pro wrestling is kind of a lost start and it seems to be making a little bit of a comeback do you agree i do agree and i think a lot of it is the fact that the guys that are so good right now are all intermediate sized guys when i say an intermediate sized guy i mean a guy six feet 200 pounds to a guy six five and 240 you know you're in the middle you're not small and you're not big. You know, you're that intermediate guy. And those thoroughbred-style wrestlers have prospered in wrestling today primarily because um, we've gotten to the point to where people want to – they don't want to see a, a Brock Lesnar dominate everybody. They want parity. Mm-hmm. And the fans, you know, I, I I believe in, you know, if you got a, a heater, then let somebody go out there and beat a heater. But that's just not the way the fans are looking at it right now. 
Yeah, it's funny that you just said that because I always think in terms of the NFL and football and, you know, back in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s, you had very few teams on top. You had the big dogs. You had the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers. And it seemed every year one of those teams was winning a Super Bowl. And then when we got to the mid-90s, there was parity, there was free agency, and then everybody has an opportunity. It seems like in pro wrestling that there doesn't need to be a quote-unquote specific build to be a pro wrestler. Look at the WWE right now. You know, you have... You have guys like Daniel Bryan who may be on the small side that maybe Kevin Owens. Kev, Kevin Owens wrestles with a T-shirt on for crying out loud. So you're, yeah, with a drum. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you, you can be of any type, size, any type, build, and still make it as a pro wrestler right now. Yeah, and and Kevin actually is one of my favorites because his intensity and he don't have to talk. You can look at his face and know exactly what he means. When he's when he's in action, so that's that's the lost art of wrestling, like to portray and to project who you are and how you feel without always using words. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nobody that was better at that than Ricky Steamboat. I mean, you just knew if he was mad, you could tell he was mad. If he was happy and feeling it, bouncing around, you knew like it was. He's he's still going to be in my top five all time. It's just that's just the way it is when it comes to uh, how somebody moves you and um, their talent levels. You know, it's funny you bring up Ricky Steamboat because a lot of people look at it as a negative when they talk about Ricky Steamboat that he was never a heel. He was a babyface his entire career. I actually look at that as a positive. There was never a time that you wanted to see Ricky Steamboat be a heel. I think you could probably say Ricky Steamboat's one of the greatest faces and maybe one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. Of course. Like, why why would you want to see somebody be angry if that's not who they are? Mm -hmm. Then you're forcing them to do something that's out of their uh, comfort zone and they're not going to look good. I mean, he was a baby face. That's just what he was. You know, I mean, I, I was a natural heel. I like, I, I love the fact that I can make you hate me. And it's, you know, my, my daughter yesterday, we were at a sandwich place. And a guy came up and he just could not believe Not the bagel guy. I hope it wasn't the bagel not guy. The, not okay. the bagel right, guy. Good, good, good. Couldn't believe that it was me. Mouth fell open. And... He was like, wow, I just, I just, I can't believe it's you and you're nice. (laughs) (laughs) I said, what did you expect? And I walk around slapping people going, that's what I do. You think I'm making that up? (laughs) And he just laughed. And he was like, and Joanna was like, yeah, that would be cool, dad. I was like, no, I'd be in jail. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, that's, that interaction with him is, is exactly what we're talking about. People, the perception of me is. I walk around slapping people and saying that's what I do. So when you get somebody like a Ricky Steamboat, who, Steamboat who's on the opposite side of that equation, mm-hmm. you you have to en- just enjoy the fact that there was somebody that you had an unbelievable, undying, unrelenting love for, and you just wanted to meet them so you could shake the hand and tell them. And, you know, it's it's so difficult, especially with 
younger viewers now or, you know, a certain generation that may be listening to this show that doesn't remember pro wrestling from 30, 35, 40 years ago, Mark, when you and I grew up watching pro wrestling, that, you know, hey, if there was a heel on your roster, even outside of the ring, if you did run into, like, say, a Dick Murdoch at a sandwich shop, he wasn't going to be nice to you. You know, he was going to tell you to beat it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't you see him trying to eat? Like, beat it. Like, go find something to do. Go play in the street. Yep. Now, if you ran into <laughs> a Ricky Steamboat, it would be completely the opposite. Hey, good brother. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Come over here. You, you, you want to get a picture? You want to sign up? You want me to sign something for you? Come here. Let me sign your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, talking about Ricky Steamboat back in the day, like in the NWA, when Ricky Steamboat had the feud with Ric Flair, they had to work that to get sympathy for Ricky Steamboat even off of TV and outside the ring. They took sandpaper and really, like, they graded his face, or his eyebrows, above his eyebrows. So he was, like, busted open, had scars, had cuts, so that when... You know, in the Carolinas, if Ricky Steamboat was pulling into a gas station and he was getting a full tank of gas, they would see the gashes on his face. They would feel sympathy for him. I mean, they really played that up outside of what you just see on TV. Yeah, I mean, it was a different time. Yep. And, you know, you had to report the news by way of the magazines and uh, the VHS tapes. And, you know, like there wasn't busted open. There was no such thing. So when you every every time you got a chance to be able to say, hey, I saw Ricky Steamboat, and people posted pictures in the magazines, it was him beat up and, you know, yep. trying to get sympathy. I mean, that's, that's just the way that it worked back then. And that's how they told the story. You are fantastic at telling a story in the ring for the WWE. That's why you're in the Hall of Fame. And then you're at the Performance Center helping out the new crop of big guys that are coming into the WWE. I'm sure the top priority for you, Mark, was explaining to them how to tell a story, how to get that connection with the crowd, whether it's a face or a heel. Well, that that was one of the things. Uh, The biggest thing is I wanted them to get in shape. And because when you're when you're when you're sloppy and you're um, tired, then you hurt people. And the big guy's responsibility is to take care of the people that you're in the ring with. Mm-hmm. And um, I take a lot of pride in the fact that people say, "Man, it was a night off when you worked with Mark. It looked like it was murdering you, but." I survived every night, and I would do it again and again. And I, I love that, and I want everybody to work that way because I've heard the horror stories of guys like, man, I just don't want to work with him. Like, this guy, he'll kill you. And, you know, and that's that's a horrible thing, man. You know, the, the hurt the boys. Like, you know, I mean, it's some people you want to punch in the face, but, you know, you just have to resist the <laughs> urge of doing it. But for for the most part, like, nobody wants anybody to go home and not be able to provide for their families. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that they knew that that was paramount with me. And, um, you know, we, we worked on doing things that were imperative in a match, like you said, 
um, your face placement, understanding the cameras, and you dictate what happens. And that that's that's what I wanted them to start thinking at the um, at the intellectual level of how to perform in the ring and use the cameras so that everybody can see and to be able to turn and project to the back back row so the people in the far far reaches of the arena that spent the least amount of money because that's all they had to see you and to respect the fact that those people they didn't have a lot yeah but they spent it on wrestling and you owe them to go out there and to perform every night with the same intensity as if the arena was full. In the, the empty arenas, just like the ones that's full. And uh, I think they were getting it. Mark, let me ask you a question, especially being at the Performance Center, and the whole idea of the Performance Center is to teach wrestlers that may have never wrestled before how to wrestle, and then people who have wrestled outside of the WWE to wrestle under the umbrella of the WWE. Because like you just mentioned before, it's a completely different game because you said about place face placement, camera angles. So let me ask you this. What's more difficult, taking somebody who wasn't a wrestler, bringing them into the ring, and showing them the WWE way of doing things, or taking somebody who wrestled outside of the WWE, but then having them kind of relearn how to do it under the umbrella of the WWE, which I think has to be completely different. We heard stories about even like a, a Finn Balor, how he had to relearn how he did things because, hey, you're, you're face placement, face placement. Here's where the cameras are. Hey, you you only have a certain amount of time to tell a story. You don't have the length of time that you may have been able to do in Japan. What's more difficult, taking somebody and molding them the way without having prior knowledge or taking somebody out of their comfort zone from another organization and bringing them to the WWE? You know, that's a very enlightening thing. It's, 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 I would have to say it would be harder from, the, from scratch, mm -hmm. from finding somebody that never, ever wrestled before, that came from basketball, that came from uh, horseback riding, uh, whatever sport, and – to make them a wrestler. You could take somebody that's got bad habits and you could take people that are um, not used to cameras, like having a fixed hard camera and just floating cameras around the ring. Uh, and you can let them know, hey, like, you know, the, the, the cameras over there you need to project to because that's TV. That's the people that are at home watching. If you have your back to them, then, you know, 90% of your audience is not going to see what, what happened. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely have to say that it's, it's, it's harder for, to go from scratch. What was the most difficult thing for you with the transition? You were obviously a world champion before you even stepped into a wrestling ring. What was the toughest transition for you? You know, learning how to, like you say, work safely. You know, the cardio that got into running the ropes. Was that difficult for you? Like, what was the, difficult? I was an anaerobic athlete. That, that was very difficult for me. I went from being an anaerobic athlete to an aerobic athlete. And to explain what that is, is when you're an anaerobic athlete, you have burst of a lot of activity, a lot of activity, and then you stop. And you have 
three minutes of rest and your uh, heart rate goes down, you cool off a little bit, you're able to take a deep breath, and then you do something again, high energy, do it, and then you stop, and then you rest. When you have a wrestling match and you're an aerobic athlete, your heart rate goes up and you have to learn how to regulate your breathing. And once you learn to have endurance, which mm-hmm. is what that is, is creating endurance, uh, it takes months for your body to adjust. And if you have somebody's life in your hands and you're learning and thinking a lot and trying to, like, you know, catch your breath, it's pretty damn hard. And um, you only you can make one mistake, and it could be catastrophic for the person that you're working with. So, uh, yeah, it was hard for me. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Your NXT champion, Adam Cole. Adam, how are you, man? Hey, guys, I'm great. How are you? We're good. It's good to have you on. Yeah, yeah, good to be on, man. And Mark just mentioned that what's taking place this weekend, it's a big weekend, obviously, for the WWE, what's taking place on Sunday with Extreme Rules, but also what's taking place Saturday with Evolve's 10-year anniversary, a company that you are a part of. What's it going to be like being back under the Evolve banner, at least for one night? Man, I think one of the coolest things uh, about this job is there's so many moments where things come full circle, and this is definitely one of those moments for me. Like, I was involved in the very first uh, Evolve show when, when Gabe Sapolsky was just trying to get Evolve Wrestling, the concept of it, what it was uh, off the ground. And again, to see where it started to where it's ended up, and now again, this 10th anniversary event going live on the WWE Network, it's really cool. Uh, and, and not just Evolve, but that building, the 2300 Arena. Yep. I had my very first match there. Wow. Uh, I actually trained in that building. Uh, I had uh, just some really important matches early on in my career, and even later in my career in that building. So I, for a while there, um, I didn't think I was ever going to get to wrestle in there again. So getting to wrestle there again is, is so, so cool for me. I can't wait. I'm really excited. Adam, how, how did it come about that the WWE said, you know, we're going to – uh, record this and 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 be a, be involved in this ten year anniversary show. Yeah, so I, I think over time here, it's just more and more this relationship that that Evolve Wrestling and and NXT or WWE has has just continued to grow over time, and, and and you see so many guys from Evolve Wrestling who end up in NXT and kind of make that transition or make that jump. So I think naturally, as this relationship has kind of grown, there was a decision made. Uh, here, like, hey, uh, we got this really, really big 10th anniversary event. Why not put it live on the WWE Network? Which is so cool because it's a, of, of course, it's a huge opportunity for for us NXT guys. But for those Evolve guys, this is huge. Uh, for many of them, this is this will be like the the biggest event that they've ever been a part of. So, um, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, it was this really, really big decision as the relationship has grown, and it's just it's cool for everybody involved. 
You know, you mentioned the 2300 Arena, and there is obviously a lot of history in that building, mm-hmm. um, and it's an important building for you. And and now here in 2019, you really don't have many historic buildings when it comes to pro wrestling yeah. because there's so many new arenas and so many new venues. I mean, mm-hmm. this is truly one of the very few historic buildings left in pro wrestling. Oh, absolutely. And and you think it's been around for – like, I, I remember – going to shows there, uh, you know, very young as a fan and, and, and just seeing how long that building has been involved and made its own transitions and its, and its own changes and things like that. But still, like you said, it is one of those, those few buildings that still, uh, you know, fans from all over the world will come and they'll want to go to an event or they'll want to go outside of it and take a picture uh, just because it's that special and that important. I still see that or hear about that happening today. So it's I'm very, very happy that it's still hosting wrestling. It's awesome. The old school arenas always have character and mm-hmm. uh, you want to go into those arenas and shine and do stuff to honor, not just, you know, yourself and the company that you work for, but it's like a, it, it becomes a pay-per-view, which, it, you know, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, even if it was a regular show, you yeah. want to treat it like it was a, like it was a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And that, that's so cool about this building. And even recently we had done uh, Center Stage a couple of months ago, and we felt the same way in Atlanta where it's like, oh, this building is so special. You can just feel it. And it's the exact same thing with this arena where you can feel that energy. It's a, you know, the fans are a different level of awesome. The environment is a different level of awesome. It's just, you're absolutely right. That's one of those places where you walk in and even before people have filled in, you're like, oh, tonight's going to be special. And, and I think the fans feel that way too. So it, it just creates a really cool environment. And again, this 10th anniversary show for Evolve is taking place at the 2300 Arena and will be streamed live on the WWE Network this Saturday night. It's definitely a must-watch. And, you know, Adam, the last time we had you on was just before you started your journey with the WWE. How's this journey been for you? Man, it's been wild. Um, so my expectations coming in were pretty high. I was, I was really, really excited. I, I watched um, NXT beforehand, and I... Even outside of it, I was a big fan of the product and what they were doing. Uh, but to be involved in it and to be a part of it uh, at this level has been everything I hoped it would be and more. Um, I mean, again, to me, the, those fans at those big takeover shows are some of my favorite audiences I've ever per- uh, performed in front of. Uh, getting to travel all over the globe and see how much uh, or how many passionate fans we have of NXT. Seeing NXT grow has been another thing that I've been really proud and happy to be a part of. Because um, even here, you know, we'll do uh, shows in Florida pretty much every week. And from I started about two years ago, but two years ago to now, even the crowds there are much larger. Uh, they're much more excited. It's, it's been such a cool process to see NXT making this growth uh, month after month after month to where I'm really excited to see where the where the brand's going to be here even a year from now. Um, but it's been awesome. It's It's been very, very cool for me. There's been so many guys that wrestled that Evolve, uh, mm-hmm. from Shinsuke to Velveteen, and the list goes on. Um, 
Is there a standout match that you had against somebody that you actually work with now or that you uh, haven't worked with since you left? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me, actually, um, and, I, and I've wrestled some, some really talented guys uh, on Evolve, uh, you know, Sammy Callahan, Ricochet. I've wrestled at Evolve before. This is years ago. But I actually, I recently had a match with a guy, Austin Theory, who's, uh, who's the Evolve champion at Evolve. And uh, that guy's potential and that guy's skill at such a young age is is mind blowing to me. He, he's one of those guys who I, I, I don't mean to throw the word prodigy out uh, too often, but but he's one of those guys. I mean, it's it's incredible his talent, his ability, his willingness to learn and get better um, at, at such a young age is so impressive to me. So, yeah, we we ended up wrestling each other um, just a couple of months ago at Evolve, and uh, very very talented guy that that I think. Uh, given the chance to watch him grow here in the next year or two, he's going to make leaps and bounds progress over what he already has. You know, Adam, Mark, we started the show this morning. Mark was at the Performance Center uh, yesterday, and he was showing, you know, some of the new crop of wrestlers that are coming in on on things that they could do better in the ring and and showing how how to do some things. Obviously, you had one hell of a career before you ever stepped into a WWE ring. Was it a tough transition for you? Because obviously things are done differently in the WWE. Did you find that transition difficult? Yeah, so for me, no. Um, for me, I've always been this way. And, and I know any, uh, any guys I've worked with or, or companies I've worked for, they'll attest to this. I've always been a sponge. Like, like literally from the, from the time I started training, uh, before I had even had a match to now, I'm, I'm the same type of guy where I'm always wanting to talk to people about wrestling, wanting to pick people's brains, wanting to, to watch my own stuff to see what I liked and didn't like, what I got to improve to get better. So for me, it's the perfect environment because you're just around that all the time. Uh, so, so it's so cool for me to be around all these guys who have just had Hall of Fame careers and, and the knowledge that they have is, is so vast and so incredible. And more importantly, they're, they're willing to share that knowledge. Everybody who comes in is, is willing to share that knowledge from everyone, whether they've been, been wrestling or, or training for a month or they've been in the business for 15 years. They, they, they can't wait to talk about it. They can't wait to share it. And, and for, for, to be in that environment, again, as someone who's either starting or who's been around for a while, it's just a priceless priceless opportunity so i really enjoyed it. it it's a very cool positive environment as well and i think you have no choice but to get better in that environment uh somebody i wanted to talk to you about somebody that you know a lot about obviously your friend here in nxt and he was somebody you went up against a lot outside of the wwe and that's kyle o'reilly yeah and yeah. i mean i mean i don't know if a lot of the fans that are listening to the show know a lot about him or fans that watch you know the wwe um tremendous wrestler i mean i mean you know i i when you i actually you know had him up here at the studios um, mm-hmm. before he made the transition to the WWE. And just as a fan, I got goosebumps because he's so good in the in the ring. Do you think he's somebody that really hasn't had that opportunity to shine? And do you think that the rest of, the rest of this year could be a breakout year for him? So um, I think Kyle has done a great job of shining himself. But do I think he's maybe the most underrated guy in NXT? Yeah. I do. 
I think Kyle in the ring uh, is one of, if not the best guy that we have. He's just incredible. He can do so many things. Um, he can wrestle so many different types of guys and just have compelling, exciting, or, or like you hear, bring the best out of his opponent matches. Um, he's incredibly funny and he's incredibly entertaining. And I think over time, people are noticing more and more the skill level and then the variety that Kyle O'Reilly has. But I do. I, I really think this year and beyond, he's going to have a chance to, to really showcase what he's capable of, who he is, show the world how good he is. Um, I, I am the biggest, and it's not just because we're in a group together, I'm the biggest Kyle O'Reilly fan there is. The, the guy's incredible. So looking uh, to what's going to take place on Saturday, what can we expect at the 10th anniversary celebration for Evolve? So uh, the, the coolest thing to me about NXT is that, you know, they showcase it and it's the truth. But they say that it's the future of WWE uh, and the future is now. And you get to see a lot of really cool and talented guys who uh, are either in their early stages of their career or, or pretty late in their career having the best work of their career. Well, Evolve is the same concept. It's, it's a bunch of the most talented guys from all across the country coming together and just putting on the best possible show that they can. Uh, Evolve fans and NXT fans are similar in the sense of these fans, in many cases, are the most diehard of diehard wrestling fans. They, they feel, and we feel the same way, there's like a personal relationship there. They've watched the journeys of these guys for so long. So, so their passion shines through not only in the building, but also on camera. Um, so, of course, these guys are ready to give you the absolute best show that they can. I certainly can tell you I am going to give you my absolute best. The show from top to bottom will be an exciting one and something that if you're thinking about checking out Evolve, it's something you want to do, or if you have, you know how big this event is for Evolve. So definitely a really, really big event for Saturday night. There's been a lot of talk about being overproduced and micromanaging and so forth. Like, do you feel like you'll be able to have a, a little bit more of a freer reign in this show? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think having that chance to um, kind of tell the story that I want to tell. And, and I'm in there with a guy, uh, Tozawa, who's incredibly talented. So definitely might be a little bit more relaxed for me. But uh, the, the cool thing now, though, um, especially at NXT, is that I, there is so much freedom and, and trust that a, that a core group of us have to where we kind of do, we have a, a major influence on the stories that we want to tell bell to bell. Um, and, you know, and of course, there's the discussion that you have to have, uh, you know, ahead of time and making sure everything lines up with, with where they want to go. But, um, yeah, even in NXT, it, it's actually a fair amount of freedom, which is incredible. Uh, but it Evolve, I'm sure there will be even more. And, and just a chance for me to have, uh, me and Tazawa to have whatever match we feel is the best for that night. Well, you talk about being free. One thing you haven't been able to be free of is Johnny Gargano. What what can we expect between you two moving forward, and especially that NXT championship you have around your waist? Oh, well, let me tell you, I feel I feel like as far as I've con I'm concerned, I've I've proven that point, and now I can move on from Johnny. You know, I I had my I had my rematch with Johnny. It went well. I'm the NXT champion, and now as far as I'm concerned, I'm ready for new challengers. I'm mean, I'm done with Johnny Gargano. All right. Well, I mean, really looking forward to what's going to happen next, who your next challenger is going to be, and, of course, what's taking place Saturday. 
live on the WWE Network. Evolve's 10th anniversary, and Adam Cole, your NXT champion, is going to be, obviously, in the main event. Adam, it's always great talking to you. really appreciate the time this morning. Guys, both of you, it was a pleasure to get to chat with you, and, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get to come on again soon. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. James Storm. James, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm great. I, whenever I can sing long necks and rednecks, I'm happy. How do you feel about that, James? How do you feel about Dave's rendition of, of your theme? Man, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things I always say he needs to bring it up, uh, Octane, but I think majority of the people might want to say I wish they had like a their own mute button just to hit it for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that as a compliment, James. Uh, but I always say, Dave, you definitely should sing back up, you know, so far back that I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James. Oh, my gosh. Great having you on today. Uh, so, 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 James, I wanted to get you on because it's all over social media. It's all over the internet. Everyone's talking. And I know for you, James, because you're not just a great pro wrestler, but you also uh, appreciate the history of this sport. And you understand how important the NWA is. And to be, you know, the national heavyweight champion, that's that's got to be really cool for you. Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually a, a really big deal for me, you know, because uh, like I said, I did grow up a NWA fan because to me that was one of the organizations that you know they they talked asses into the seats, and it was your job as a performer when you got out there to when you wrestled to make sure those asses stayed in the seats and came back. Uh, and that's one of the things that I kind of always prided myself on is is you know always trying to be a good talker because you know someone told me a long time ago like you have to believe in your own shit if if you want somebody else to believe in it. And you definitely have the gift of gab, and you've been doing that a lot lately, and, and, it, and I think it's been fantastic. And you're grabbing attention for the NWA as well. And, you know, where this company was not too long ago and where it is now, um, NWA is growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like I said, if people said this, you know, a couple of years ago, they'd be like, oh, yeah, right, whatever. But to me, you know, I got to give props to Billy Corgan and the whole NWA uh, people just because, you know, they're, they're not just jumping at something really quick. They're taking their time and they're doing it slowly and they're doing it the right way. Um, Eli Drake now also a part of the NWA as well. What do you think of Eli Drake? You know, it's uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I, I – you know, I, I give props to Eli Drake. He's a great performer, you know, in, in the ring and stuff. But it's it's one of those things that just kind of just rubs me the wrong way because, you know, here I am coming into this company, uh, you know, and I'm giving them all this publicity, and they don't really promote me becoming the NWA national champion. I think, you know, it's kind of that grudge that we have against each other. Mm-hmm. It's a respect thing, but at the same time, they're just like, ah, you know, I'm not really their cup of tea. But now here comes Eli Drake, and also, you know, you have Nick 
you know, and they're promoting the hell out of both of them. But, you know, as you see on their social media, I'm the one that gets all the hits. I'm the one that gets all the views on their social media. You know, uh, Cowboy, um, obviously there's a lot of wrestlers now, part of the NWA that you're familiar with, you know, having been part of TNA. Obviously, Eli Drake coming from Impact Wrestling, you coming from TNA, and then obviously the NWA champion, Nick Aldis, coming from TNA as well. Um, I mean, is it good to see them now on a different stage and performing you know, because, you know, there is a lot of always doubt about that company, but now seeing the success of a lot of the wrestlers that were a part of that roster at one time. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, you know, it's one of those things where uh, it's kind of hard to explain this, but we're not really that handcuffed anymore. Like, you know, we were told by the NWA, go out and do your thing. That's why we hired you, because of what we know you can do, not what we want you to do. You know, it's what you can do. So this is your platform. Go do your stuff and make the NWA proud. You know, James, I'm I'm a you know you know I'm a fan, and Dave and I both are fans. And you look like a grown man wrestling with kids sometimes. Do you ever feel like <laughs> I'm a grown man out here wrestling with kids? <laughs> I actually do. You know because. I think it's, like you said, it's just all the years that I've been doing this, and it's just the knowledge, you know, uh, as, as you said earlier, because you get a lot of guys now who want to go out and they want to do all these flashy moves and stuff. But there's, you know, there's a time and place for all that stuff, and, and people need to learn, to me, to get back to storytelling, because to me that's what yeah. wrestling is all about. You know, they, they, you can do all these slips and, and, and everything that you want to do and dives and stuff, but like when you got to land sometime, and when you land, I'm going to punch you right in your mouth. <laughs> I've never been in a bar fight and, and, and wanted to attempt a, a moonsault off the bar or anything. <laughs> yeah, Mark's just lost it. <laughs> oh, oh shit! That that would be great in a fight to see somebody go and jump on top of a stool to try to do a moonsault. Oh man, that would be great. Oh. You're making my eyes water. <laughs> that is so good. I, I mean, but when you see you, your style of wrestling and you talk about the psychology of the game, you it, it makes sense. You do stuff that makes sense. And I would like to see more people do stuff that makes sense and not be so worried about being cool or how you come across to the, the spot show fans, but – to the mainstream fan. The mainstream fan wants to see that story. They want to see that, that abrasiveness. And um, I, I love the fact that you bring that to the table. That's that's like my favorite thing about seeing you work. It's just one of those things. You know, you watch these shows nowadays, and, and there's probably 50 moonsaults and dives to the floor and all this stuff. There's no one really beating each other up anymore. They're just going up there and just doing, here, you do a move and I'll do a move. You do a move, I'll do a move. No, I'll punch you in the face. You're going to fall down on the ground playing a simple, or I'm going to punch you again to make sure you stay down. You know, you know what? Like what you guys are talking about right now sounds so simple, but it's really become complex in the world of pro wrestling. You're right. It sometimes is about moves. You do a move and then I'll do a move. It doesn't make sense in the form of competition in the ring because you're right. Sometimes it's as simple as just a punch in the face. Yeah, and that can mean so much. Like, 
you know, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, you know, you watch, you watch Jeff Hardy. To me, he's one of the best sellers going today. You punch him, and he's popping everywhere just off a punch, you know, and, and that's all you had to do to him. Uh, but, you know, you still had to, you know, hit him with a truck to keep him down because he's selling all over the ring. You know, I, I try to tell everybody, if you get punched in the face, sell to all four corners. That way everybody in the arena can see that your face is hurting. You know, Cowboy, uh, last thing for me, and we really appreciate the time and congratulations. The last time we had you on in Vegas, you told your story about, you know, your love of and passion of pro wrestling kind of flatlined for a little bit there. And now being a part of the NWA and being national heavyweight champion for the NWA, I mean, you got to feel really good about yourself right now. And, and obviously from the work that you're doing, your passion has never been better. Yeah, you know, it's, it, I don't think it really was, like, me falling out of love with pro wrestling. I think I just kind of thought that, you know, pro wrestling didn't really love me as much anymore. And I'm sure there's a lot of wrestlers that kind of go through that period. But now, you know, like I said, the NWA has given me the opportunity uh, to, you know, and, and it's pretty cool to see, you know, the love that pro wrestling has given me back, you know. And now, you know, this, uh, you know, i got a big show coming up tomorrow night and now i hear a bunch of people in la talking at uh, hollywood championship wrestling so i'm gonna fly out there sunday and and punch a couple of those brats in the face you know grown man go punch a couple of kids hope i don't get in trouble for it but that's what i do for a living (laughs) all right the cowboy james storm your nwa national heavyweight champion cowboy man thanks so much for the time today yeah Dave, keep up that solo career you know solo we can't hear you <laughs> thank you guys man y'all have a great day man alright thanks cowboy cowboys <laughs> oh, cowboy cowboy James I'm stealing that I'm stealing that that's mine oh my god I used to say tenor you, you, you seen tenor right yeah 10 11 miles away but solo that's the one that's, the uh, that's even better than backup backed up so far away we can't hear you thanks for listening catch us weekdays on busted open from 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 the busted open podcast bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.